Once again, folks, live in effect at the top of the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios rooftop. How you living, Chaz? Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? Living well, doing well in the city. And uh, how's Greenwood treating you these days, uh, Chaz, my boy? You know what's treating me pretty well, pretty well. There, uh, this weekend in Greenwood, there's going to be a mayoral debate or, you know, forum of sorts. Um, so I'll probably be attending that. But if I don't attend that one, there's another one happening close to us. Um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So we'll be at one of those things asking the hard questions. October 22nd. Yeah. Both of the Seattle uh, mayoral candidates will be in the Finney neighborhood at the Finney Community Center starting at four, going till 630. And uh, live in effect, now that we're here, we uh, we here at How You Live In have a little segment that we like to start when we ever do our show, and it's called... Callbacks. Yeah. On the callbacks. Yeah. Callbacks. That's right. The extended theme is back, folks. Soundboard is fixed. We are here. Hey. <laughs> live in effect and i don't know if you caught it in the beginning but we got it still what's up yeah we've got new ones folks oh yeah (laughs) yeah chaz man are you just wondering what's up (laughs) okay goodness goodness gracious all right callbacks session man that's right so remember last week we talked about um uh Single-payer insurance, how there's some alternatives to single-payer. So uh, one of them uh, that I looked at was there's one in France, and the way that France's healthcare works is that all of their hospitals and stuff are a nonprofit. So uh, the government helps out with donations, but other people also, like corporations and stuff, give donations too. Um, So you could, everybody is always talking about, you know, everything should be a charity. Um, That's one way to do it. Uh, but mostly the other places do some form of uh, of single payers, just that they get the taxes from different locations and such. So for us, we would probably get them from corporations and tax them a little bit higher. But And that's what a lot of other places do. And they also, the other places don't pay their doctors as much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember seeing a special over in Europe ages ago and... You know, the doctors there, they make the equivalent to $1 million U.S. a year, probably. And, you know, that's like, that's a lot of money, but that's like pennies compared to some other doctors, especially ones that are specialists and have fields that aren't covered by insurance. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, and they also, I think they mentioned that in one of, like, pieces of the uh, documentary Sicko where um michael moore goes to cuba and kind of checks out healthcare. i think he also uh discusses like england and kind of shows that they have like you know higher than the average uh wage but at the same time they're you know not making these extraordinary like 50 70 million dollar a year salaries that some like specialists do make yeah in our country and that you know is kind of 
building in the top heavy system that we're now kind of collapsing on underneath us and the few people that are successful it's it shouldn't be weighing down the rest of us so but there is i was reading something on reddit the other day too or it was either reddit or it was a a comment on a youtube video and a, a doctor said uh, they're one of the things is they get paid so much but a lot of their money goes out paying for other things like um malpractice insurance and if you have a specialist you have to pay rent for where you do your work and and everything like that and you're saying that is actually a very expensive part of it and of course they're paying back their student loans because their student loans are exorbitant and in all those other places they also have free college so given free college they probably don't have student loans to pay back either so you know they're riding high on like i pay my taxes yeah and then i just buy what i buy yeah yeah there's other cost savings of course to those systems and um and those i mean we're actually seeing most of those services kind of being relinquished to the public you know like a lot of states now have free to your college and stuff like that so yeah you know you're seeing you're definitely seeing that happen but uh yeah is there anything else you want to call back from our previous episodes um um you know what i remember when uh steve scalise got shot we talked a little bit about gun control so kind of leading in since we're doing this on our old night of tuesday uh there was a when we recorded last week on sunday that was the day that the las vegas uh mass shooting happened and i remember we were talking about gun control and would anything happen when a senator gets shot by a wayward gunman now we're asking about it again now that this was the largest mass shooting in u.s history and there were some people who would debate that but i believe they're debating it based on semantics right and so so i know like let me call back to that next week and say if you frame it as uh, the single mass shooting, what would be that? But if it's the single mass shooting by one person, because there was a bunch of things where people were saying the Iroquois uh, were shot down by a big group of people and that was the biggest mass shooting. Or I read another article that talked about kind of a callback within a callback about um, the Greenwood section of Oklahoma and how that was all about, you know, guns being given to the white folks in that town just to gun down all the black folks in the town because of one little altercation between a white woman and a black man. So you could say there have been other, you know, feats of violence on a large scale other than that. But there's something to be said about that and said something to be said about it being a mass shooting. Right. So almost 60 people dead, including, you know, the shooter himself. And yeah. also that over 500 people were injured and just the utter chaos and and the change that this is going to bring to Vegas and the damage that it caused to anybody that is related to the victims. And mm -hmm. and, you know, our thoughts go out to them. And, and hopefully, you know, Vegas is able to. uh you know, kind of rally around itself and, and realize that this was a, a, you know, this was a lone gunman. And in a sense, you know, we, even if it wasn't like, even if it was a cell of some bigger plot, which it wasn't, I guess, as far as evidence points, it, it, it can't change our, our motives in our lives too much because otherwise that means every time the attack happens, they're, they're gaining ground, they're winning, you know, mm -hmm. we, we have to stay in step and it's, it's the it's the ultimate price of life is death, you know, and we all will pay it eventually. And, uh -huh. and it sucks that people that, you know, are are eliminated due to other people's just just poor choices and, and bad. Yeah. You know, you know, opinions and decision making and being able to also be 
in a position where they had the upper hand being in a 32nd floor of a downtown late Vegas hotel is yeah. is not a cheap, you know, prospect. So No, no, it's so this, not. This guy was a high roller and that kind of changes a lot of the dynamic of of what we kind of look at to this lone gunman kind of style person that it's pretty much anybody who has a, a straight agenda of harm and has that type of capability financially to set themselves up is you know, a threat if they, if they choose to be. And that's, that's an, a different version of, uh, of terrorism. And it's not being quoted as that, but it is. Oh no, it's totally terrorism. Yeah. And uh, I definitely, because when I was listening to all the pundits and both sides of the aisle, because I knew this was going to be a hot ticket for all of the conservative news programs. Cause you know, they're all about guns are a big cult- part of their culture. And, uh, and I remember, so the big debate was about, you know, automatic guns versus assault rifles. It's the kind of the same thing that happened in the last mass shooting. You know, the same shit comes up every single time, but nobody does anything about it. Exactly. But for this one, it was definitely a debate of people like saying they use an accessory called a bump stock in order to get automatic fire or to replicate something that was close to automatic fire. Exactly. Cause it, it basically absorbs the recoil of the gun and forces it to, to then put back into loading the next one. And so mm-hmm. it, it, it creates just a, a psych, a recycling force. Yeah. But it also moves, you know, you're just going to, you're going to have to, that's probably, it must have some type of harnessing device to be able to really operate properly. Um, From what I've seen, like, you know, you hold like the stock up to your, your shoulder, chest area. And if you hold it firmly and it just goes like, yeah. And, or at least that's what like the Vox video showed. There was a bunch of videos like I, I the liberal media including like pbs news hour were like this is a bump stock this is what it does and then conservative media was like yeah uh it's a bump stock but it doesn't it doesn't turn it into an automatic weapon you still have to recompress the trigger and i'm all like okay that but you know people fucking died so you need to cut the bullshit with your semantics argument there yeah. if the functionality if it functions as something that can do the same damage as something else then there's no reason to blur the lines between the two. And and that's how basically I feel about it. So, But I've heard some things about the ARNRA talking about bump stocks, but I think the the other thing that I read, there was a, it was a bit of an op-ed in, I believe, the Washington Post. And one guy went in and he said, I was a fervent uh, gun rights person, where he thought that, you know, you needed to have sweeping bands of things uh, that would do it. But then he said, let's look at the data of uh, who actually gets hurt by gun violence um, the most. Because, you know, these these events that happen, like, you know, San Bernardino and, you know, Sandy Hook and, and now Las Vegas, those are all known as quote-unquote isolated events. And but when he looked at it, he was like, okay, two thirds of gun violence are suicides. And then he said another one fifth after that is gang related violence or presumed gang related violence. And the other one would be domestic abuse. 
So he was saying, uh, if you wanted to really change gun culture and people dying from guns, you have to deal with people uh, getting mental health so they don't commit suicide. You have to find a better way for those who are within, you know, gang-related violence to get out of the gangs and find a better way and also have a better chance of women when they come forward with domestic abuse issues that people actually take that shit seriously. And, you know, you know, from uh, if you will view it within the context of uh, the Second Amendment is sacred and you don't ever touch the Second Amendment, I agree with that. But if you like fuck all guns because guns just kill people, I don't care if, you know, there's a bunch of good people who use guns. It's too much. It's too dangerous because guns kill people like that's what they're used for. They kill people and, you know, animals, but mostly people. And... Uh, and we just want to get rid of them because we don't want people to die like that anymore. And so I feel like we're at the point where I feel like some people, um, well, I say if we want to be progressive about it, we have to critique the Second Amendment. And I feel like at least on the surface, you have to ask how much gun is uh, too much gun. And but on, like to play it all the way through, you got to start talking about if you want to, if you really want to stop gun violence overall, uh you gotta start removing guns yeah you gotta repeal the second amendment you gotta start pulling guns too right i mean that's all that worked in canada and Ala in australia which is what they always reference exactly they just started removing guns and and then creating incentive programs to turn in guns and now you know you can hardly find a gun in australia other than you know simple long rifles and things you might take out into the outback but mm -hmm. yeah you're not having automatic rifles and things like that as for the most part and and you have a safe citizenry and you know uh, you know we we've talked about that before you know we have to start looking at these 200 year old documents and decide you know what parts of them we really want to just gut out or you know start over you know and since no one's willing to start over certain things are going to need to start getting gutted you know and changed yeah and i feel like because anytime i talk to any of my libertarian friends um i was talking to one and there's a question about the second amendment saying a well-regulated militia and regulated back then just meant well-armed militia and but i feel like now that since we have the the reserve and everything like that we can just have more people join the reserve and the people who are in the reserve could have the rights to have the guns just in case we need to have people boots on the ground in areas where there aren't any bases or forts or anything like that but to rely heavily on you know the average everyday public to have the knowledge and the base of guns to use them well to be formidable as militia in a military and in, and, and, in, and in the new confined urban sense that's like the, the standardized thing now like, yeah that wasn't the case back then you know right and and the argument back then too is that guns took so long to load and there was also i think also to go a little bit deeper in this when you think about back then you also have to think about how warfare happened right like warfare was guerrilla warfare was new yeah right people back then uh, and even up to the civil war they they planned the battles and they walked up as two units and started shooting against each other. Now that shit doesn't happen. People will be ducking behind things. People have so much arsenal at their disposal. The rules the rules of engagement for war now is way different than it was back then. Yeah, for sure. So it took a lot more effort for you to use your gun to kill some random person if you disliked them. And even when you disliked them back then, you actually gave each one equal chance to go up against each other. They dueled against each other until they made it illegal. 
And so there is also that way of resolving conflict that doesn't exist here. People who just own guns will be like, fuck you, bang, bang, all right. And like, that, that's what happens. Yeah. And then, there, I mean, and then there is an, uh, there are a wholly kind of non-usual just to separate from our typical perspective perspective of uh, 59 people in the grand scheme of things is very few. And that in, mm-hmm. in an international sense, when tragedies occur, they usually happens in the hundreds or the thousands and sometimes even tens of thousands, depending on Syria as a crisis and, oh, yeah. and these types of things. So, you know, ultimately it's that American uh, first perspective of even just standard people as far as thinking about these type of tragedies um, on the larger scale of things, you know, it's, it's, it's not as big. I mean, 500 injured is insane, you know? That, yeah, it that, is insane. Like, I think you, if you compare and contrast, like everywhere else around the world does have gun violence and gun deaths, but I, in, well, I don't mean gun deaths, I guess I just mean tr- deaths by tragedy, like at the hands of, cause when, when they have these situations, it is malicious you know, storming places and, like, representing, like, you know, revolutionary groups and things, you know. Oh, yeah, when ISIS uses trucks, like, in Nice yeah, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, not even trucks in, like, Nice, you know, just when ISIS is storming a city, you know, like, that's happening right now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's not going to only be 60 people, you know. It's going to be thousands. And so that's the... uh, you know, it's just perspective, man. I mean, it's we we get the news here first, and then it's everything else second. You know. Yeah, and, that's true. You know, or never. Some some of the you know, I don't. I mean, even as someone that's saying that, I don't know at all. It would be almost impossible. But, oh yeah, you can't keep up with everything. But we, I mean, we catch a lot of tragedies. I feel like you know, months past, we'll hear like certain you know things about it but you know when it's happening a lot of it is kind of swept under based on you know what's important to us yeah no for sure that being said this is a complete like utter tragedy and is like it's it's symbolic of of a multitude of issues including you know just violence and mental health you know possibly i assume has something to do with this you You know know what that comes up a lot this guy had some erratic behavior is all i'm saying like he was staying up till you know five in the morning playing poker in these casinos constantly that you know that sleep deprivation is one of the quickest ways to 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 losing your mental capability as far as like decision making and and that's true but i think i think honestly i would ask did he do this like did he rationalize it oh he Uh, definitely rationalized right because i I know people say mental health but there's a lot of people who have mental health disorders that don't shoot people and it's ironic that today is National Mental Health Awareness Day. Yeah. As we're recording this. And I think I I, I don't know enough about it to be any sort of authority. But I, I think the more you see this, because the first time when I grew up and I heard about a, a mass shooting tragedy, it was Columbine. And Columbine happened because those two kids were made fun of. And they were like, we're going to take these guns that are owned by our parents. We're going to go up to our school and we're going to shoot everybody up because fuck them. Like, we know what their motives were. And they tried to blame it on video games back then and everything. And I don't remember if there was a lot of the mental health debate or anything. But I feel like when I feel like there's a common thread of some sort of a group, an individual being fed up with something and using a gun to retaliate on people because they're fed up and i guess you could to some degree to clarify that as like anger management and anger management is a form of mental health like yeah that's basically saying this guy didn't know how to emotionally 
control his his issues and and i don't mean to use the paintbrush mental health as like i guess some people use it as a scapegoat to say it's crazy people doing crazy things and that's not what i'm saying at all what i'm saying is i think maybe perhaps we're all a little crazy (laughs) and it's the fact that we're not addressing that in any capacity or giving like the public the ability like this guy clearly had a gambling problem i mean maybe Mm -hmm. it's making him his income he can afford these comped rooms or they're giving him comped rooms for a reason but um you know, there are definite telltale signs of addiction in, in the behavior of what we know so far, just based on what I've heard, you know, about... Oh, yeah, no, for sure. His casino life, you know. It, it, it was less about... It, it was more that people throw it around as a, like, a broad brush thing. I just wanted to tell our listeners, the next time you get into a discussion about it, tell them to think a little bit more of the nuance of it, to kind of pare down when you say that, what aspects of it do you think we should be looking at, and... And things like that, so we don't just go. You know what? You should give them pills. Just give them all pills. Like, like what? Yeah. So, well, I think giving them the idea and the avenue to to try and find help is is always good. Even because oh yeah, for he, sure. Yeah, I think I think that is part of it. I think he 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 rationalized this as you said, but at the same time, this was obviously the wrong avenue. So so any other avenue of him not doing this is better avenue. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and a lot of those avenues I think come to him making choices in his life to to better himself and find those answers, you know, and that's the problem is the onus is always on ourselves, you know, to seek these these solutions out. And so he basically was rich and supplied with guns and suffered on his own and decided to take it out on this group of innocent civilians. Whereas any other choice at that point with all that at his disposal to, to either seek therapy or uh-huh. to engage in some community somewhere that may or may not be able to just kind of structure his life in a way that maybe this doesn't seem like the only answer. I mean, it just seems like anything is, is possible other than what when you kind of see the pattern and how he was allowed to just kind of be this crazy gambling loner that kind of just decided to stockpile guns and even traveled to to attempt to to possibly do this at other locations you know oh yeah he did they said that he was scouting out other places to do it too like the Lollapalooza in Chicago and shit yeah he tried to stay i think he even booked a hotel he may or may not stayed in so, mm. yeah, I mean, premeditation is, is definite, but I don't, yeah, the the root causes, we, we probably will never know. That's true. But I think it's it's interesting that you say that we all have the, the onus to do it in ourselves, because definitely we live in a society where men can't talk about mental health. Shit, men can't show emotions. Right. Especially when you're in the places where, like, you know, my conservative brothers and sisters, you know. You know, y'all y'all got your things, but, you know, y'all really hard up about what it is to be a man, right? And, and you know, to my black brothers and sisters, y'all really hard up about what it is to be a man, too. Yeah. Right? You know, y'all y'all be quick to say, like, someone, some man shows an affection to another man. And, and, and it's not even in a gay way. It's just like, yo, that's my father, and I'm showing some some love, or this is my best friend, I'm giving him a hug. And you all over here like, yo, why you gay? Yeah. Right. Like there ain't nothing wrong to be gay in the first place, but we already know you use it as a pejorative, and so you you really want people to feel okay with expressing their emotions when you go, I'm gonna call you this thing that's bad. Right. And you ain't supposed to feel bad about this though. Yeah, it's a con- it's a continued problem for sure, and it's in it, you know it comes from a lot of communities, you know that one as well, and that's uh, 
that's an ongoing issue. You know, it's like, what, mm-hmm. when, are, when are we going to change that? When are we going to realize that, you know, we're putting ourselves into these boxes and into these corners as, as a society by allowing these normatives to, to take over and, and force like, you know, people to, to fall into certain, you know, values and everything, even though no matter what in their life or their uh, chemistry or genetics or whatever you want to call it, tells them otherwise you know yeah exactly like you need oh dare i say a safe space to talk about it <laughs> i'm sorry yeah <laughs> god that okay wait 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 we can we can do the uh we'll do the <laughs> gotcha gotcha buddy <laughs> um but yeah it's it's and so yeah the gun debate continues and uh Everyone's taking the similar sides and using the similar arguments. Yeah, for sure. And, well, you know, people are going to figure out about this soon, and then the next one's going to happen. And uh, you know what? Honestly, as long as we have um, majority Republican control over the House and the Senate and the presidency, we probably won't see anything really done with uh, guns because, you know, it's a big part of their culture, and we just have to address that aspect of it. And we have to address it, I feel like, at its root. And once we start addressing it from its root, then we can start uh, reasoning up from there. And uh, and transitioning into another story, um, because after guns comes war supplies. And in war, we have North Korea right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, they fired another missile this week. It flew over uh, Japan. So it's the second time they've flown over Japan's airspace. Is it the third time now? Possibly. And also, um, so today, the Trump uh, scuttled, or scuttled, sent out a submarine that will, um, is nuclear capable to port in South Korea. Oh, shit. And at the same time, flew uh, two um, bombers strategic bombers over the Korean peninsula along with um uh a Japanese and South Korean air force escorts and they'd conducted military tests both in the China Sea and on the Pacific Ocean side. Oh wow. To okay. show, show force. There there's some escalation and posturing there. That's yeah. okay. And reports came out that um during the 2012 and 13 um security breaches of North Korea there um the mutual plans between the US and South Korea as far as dealing with North Korea in a possible um war strategy invasion strategy or um regime change strategy uh were found to have been hacked by the North Koreans and actually an internal uh military network which is actually supposed to be separated from the internet was connected to the internet during a maintenance portion and the system that it connected to was already infected by North Korean hacker agents. And so they were able to infiltrate the secure military computer and saw joint U.S.-South Korean military plans. And that included something called the decapitation method, which was um, oh, oh, wow. was a code name for um, taking out and using an assassination attempt to take out Kim Jong-un. So, um, what? and that's four, that's, okay. but they've been sitting on that for four years. Oh, okay. So they already had that, but that just came out that that was part of the breach. And, you know, it just shows that, you know, they, they're aware of, 
of the motives on the South. They know what the kind of opportunities they may take. And now they actually have seen one of the optional plans that the U.S. and South Korea have drafted up, which, you know, obviously we can use different strategies, but, you know, how much different, you know? I mean, a lot of that is probably pretty accurate to how we'd have to respond no matter what if we're using a military response. Yeah, definitely assassination is the, like, because if Kim Jong-un falls, then... There's some instability that could be managed if there was additional responses that were occurring. Yeah. Theoretically, because he is considered like a god of man and all that kind of stuff, mm. there could be a sense that maybe the people rise up and sense in a sense that maybe the regime is weak, but there are so many other probably kind of programmed in military fail-safes that mm -hmm. would probably kind of try and keep and puppet up a different regime. Um, it would be interesting, and it's it's scary. It's, yeah. It's scary because we're putting him more and more in a corner, and, you know, he's even stated in language that basically says, you know, war is becoming um, unavoidable, essentially. So inevitable, I believe, is what he said. So, yeah, I mean, if they keep if they keep jockeying in this very, you know, I got to show you how big my dick is sort of posturing that they keep doing. And, and we both know that they're very proud men like Trump and Un. And so and there, there's usually no stopping like when there's a dick waving contest. Like, I just hate that America and North Korea is having a dick waving contest. Yeah. Like. Come the fuck on. We don't need to have dick waving contests. It's <laughs> it's people lives at state. They like they just I don't know. Go watch porn or something. So I'm gonna dick up? <laughs> Yeah. What's up? That's right. But uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's uh it's 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 the most current kind of evidence that, you know, nuclear weapons haven't been used in 80 years and still could at any time oh yeah you know we kind of we sleep on that knowledge a little bit these days and uh yeah it's uh it's always scary to hear it back in the news in any form uh what other uh informational news segments did you want to talk to the people about that stood out to you um we also uh of course um the nfl you know, national anthem debate continues. Yeah, the kneeling debate is so. So people, as we mentioned uh, last week, have absconded with it, saying, "You don't support our troops. You don't support our flag. You need to stand up and put your hand on your chest and say." Yeah, and then say, "Can you see?" And then at the same time, they they're gonna say now that they might change the actual handbook rule book that currently uses the verbiage players should stand during national anthem to must and actually create it as a requirement. So that's kind of the new pushback. Um, I guess there's been a memo from the owners of the Cowboys and the Dolphins to their teams um, telling them that they are enforcing a stand-only rule. So, um, Wow. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I think in this mind it's the NFL's way of trying to quell even if it's like 25% of their fan base, it's a very vocal fan base. And clearly in the videos, they're spending money on merchandise. And so if that fan base is turned off by the, I could see the NFL being worried about their pocketbooks and their, oh, of course, you know, and their own bottom line. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the issues at hand or the, you know, 
disparity between authority of those who are standing f- in their sense for minorities by kneeling and uh, those who are standing because that's what their coaches and their owners are telling them to do. You know, it's 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 interesting because, you know, these owners are very much proportionately mostly white, you know. Oh, of course. And most of this... Um, you know, kneeling has been about, you know, the injustice of race and, and police violence. And it's unfortunate that this is kind of another way of whitewashing the issue. Oh, and, and totally. Basically is. saying, well, we'll replace you with people who will stand here and, you know, we'll cancel your contracts. We'll do whatever because we're the owners and this is how we want our game to be played and how we want it presented. And uh, it, you know, that's... That's terrible because the people that will accept, there will be people that will accept those positions because they're probably coming from a position where they're not making anywhere near an NFL strategy or salary. Uh And now they're getting offered that and they're like, hell yeah, I'll stand, you know. And that's unfortunate that we're making people have to choose between their values and their paycheck. So it's interesting because they are employees of the company and private employees are allowed to dictate what their or employers. companies employers are allowed to dictate what their employees do right All right so from that aspect of it them enforcing the 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 right to stand isn't from a legal standpoint and from a business standpoint is what you're gonna do but from a cultural standpoint that's where it becomes highly problematic but it becomes highly problematic because something that really pissed me off the other day is when the las vegas event happened on the monday after at a chiefs game there was someone with a sign that says pray for las vegas kneel for the right reasons and I was like, oh, hell fucking no. Yeah, don't take one tragedy in order to then call someone else's own, like, protest and value out. Like, right, exactly. Because that, you basically just say, black people don't mean shit to me, right? Because black people getting killed by unarmed police people deserve it. No, kneel for the people who died needlessly. Because you're basically saying that the black people who died at the hands of uh, police in. And when they were unarmed, it did not die needlessly. Yeah. That's what you're, you might not think you're implying that. And he had his very stoic face on. And and I know what he was doing. He was saying, no, this guy killed 60 people. You can't, you can't, yeah, you need to kneel for these people. You need to be sad for these people. Are you trying to say that Sandra Bland doesn't deserve to be knelt for? You know, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Tamir Rice, who the fuck cares, right? Somebody should have used better judgment when they did that. So, and when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I am so pissed that that is there because that undermined the whole thing. And, but what I also want to talk about with the kneeling is how, how it is definitely how Americans are reacting to it when other people start kneeling during other sporting events. And so I saw a thing where a girl poured some soda on a guy who was kneeling at a basketball game. And that's because the media has conflated this thing as a thing where you need to respect the flag. And there's a bunch of people who respect the flag without any sort of questioning, without being critical of it at all. And they see someone, quote unquote, disrespecting it. And then, you know, they lose their fucking shit. Yeah. And it's just a fucking flag, people. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. And an anthem that was written by Francis Scott Key and had nothing to do with our country other than a moment that he witnessed and artistically wrote down. And now we're like, that's our song. Like, 
everything is implied reasoning, you know? Yeah. The, the only thing that's actually occurring is what's going on in the person's heart as far as why they're deciding to create their statement. And if that means that you're standing there proudly because you think that shows honor to the military that's witnessing that particular national anthem being presented on national television, then good. That's awesome. That's awesome that you're supporting such a worthy cause. Right, exactly. You know? But if you're kneeling to kind of show a very specific statement that you feel like it, it, it separates from just standing to some degree because you're showing a difference in in an opinion of the moment and, and what it represents and, and how you can kind of show that there you know, because what they're basically saying is create a United States that I wouldn't need to kneel for. Create a exactly. United States that is 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 creating justice and equality on the regular, so that I can stand and be proud and not feel the need to protest in these moments. I can protest in times that need it for the reasons it need it, but because we've created such a grand equality country, there isn't needed. That's the country they're asking for. That's what the kneeling's about, and we can all look at this country and witness that it has problems and faults and flaws that need to be addressed and we could all stand to protest to some degree you know the 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 different measures that that we could take in order to to fix these problems and and you know trump like i i'm starting to come around and say is like he's clearly a message to the left and to those that doubted him that there is a a undisclosed mass of upset people you know and oh yeah for sure when they coalesce behind certain ideas and, and ideologies and, and and symbologies they they they're powerful they're powerful legislatively they're power powerful um you know essentially executively at this point it's it's um it's a lesson you know it's a lesson about not sitting on our laurels and having things like the NFL dictate how we feel about these problems. And if they can't just change the, the statement and make it be, let's, let's make everyone stand in a line like they did for whatever 40 years that no one noticed that people may or may not be there. But all of a sudden now, if you're not there or you're sitting or you're in a different position, it's the most important thing to some people. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 a sign of the times as far as this culture and media because the NFL is as much a media co corporation as it is a sports organization. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely that's that's where they get a see and that's when you were talking about earlier about them doing this because it's losing them people. And and here's the interesting thing about the NFL going on right now because there's people who are boycotting the NFL because people are kneeling. And there's other people boycotting the NFL. For ignoring the, the kneeling and ignoring Colin Kaepernick. Exactly, it's, right? So it's, they're losing money. <laughs> they're just losing money. It's just crazy. Meanwhile, soccer is hot as hell. <laughs> it's got all kinds of foreign players even that we bring in. We immigrate soccer. Our best players are immigrants. Like that, oh, yeah. That's soccer. And so, meanwhile, soccer numbers are going through the roof. We're about to hit the playoffs. Like... The West is a powerhouse with Vancouver, Seattle, and Portland all uh, in the mix yeah. to be in the playoffs. What, what, what? Yeah, so so I did want to touch on something that I saw on Fox and Friends. So Joe Namath touched on the NFL protests 
as well too and he kind of took it it was an interesting approach because but at the end old fur coat himself huh yep at the end he said that you know black people are being oppressed in this country and the original reason why colin kaepernick did it is because he wanted to point out that black people were being oppressed in this country especially when it comes to being shot by police um in situations where they weren't doing anything wrong and they were saying hey we need to do something about this and y'all and remember people lost their shit last year when kaepernick did it people burnt his uh jersey they're still yeah right they're like fuck this dude and i'm just like yo y'all are losing your shit so hard and but it was the it was people who support all the policies that trump supports so you know there there's definitely some causation to the individuals who like green bay has a team indianapolis has a team you know cleveland has a team detroit has a team uh what is it nashville has a team like these places are metropolitan areas but they're not huge metropolitan areas right so yeah yeah, it's it's interesting. It goes to show you who sports fans are, and because of who sports fans are, and what the collective conscience of uh, that uh, subculture of America thinks, you can see why they're so upset. Yeah, but at the same time, because I don't give a fuck. There's something wrong with the, our country. We need to fix it. And it's not surprising that um, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is one of them because they play deep in the heart of Texas. So. <laughs> Your football yeah. shite all day and night. America's team, the Cowboys. We're America's (laughs) team. God watches our football games. We left the roof open for 40 years so God could watch us play. We say on Sunday, but we played on Monday there sometimes. We had to wake God up on Monday early to let him know, hey, we're going to be playing later. Right, we did Gregorian chants. Yeah, because it's America's team, and that's what God cares about is America and football, specifically Dallas Cowboy football occurring in the Arlington, Texas area of the state of Texas. Republic of Texas. <laughs> so Yeehaw. I'm from Philly. Don't forget the Alamo. So fuck the Cowboys. The original <laughs> the original Vegas. The Alamo. Okay, no, we don't need to go there. <laughs> um uh, so we made it we made it through uh is there anything uh you wanted to leave the people that can help educate them grow their brains move them forward entertain their thoughts um i definitely wanted to say just one more time that it is a national mental health awareness day so make sure that if you you know be if you can't be be a safe space for your friends to talk about their feelings. You don't understand how some people are out there that need to talk about their feelings and can't because they're afraid of the stigma to be able to just talk about it. So if you can do that, you you do someone a real good ups and, you know, hashtag, make sure hashtag Bill Watch if you have anything that you need us to look at in terms of bills. Uh, also, remember that we, we need to call our Congress people about CHIP. That is the Children's Health Insurance Program that they lost their deadline and all that. So remember that, too. And other than that, yeah, I think that's about it. I think you said at one point you need to help those people out and give them some ups. Like, you mean a Mario 1-up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get them with that green. Yeah. 
And uh, as always, get us at Seatown uh, Mayor on the Twitter for Mikkel and the simple five letters at CRSII for me. For you, Chaz Baz, everywhere else. And we got a new email, H-Y-L-B-O-X, for a, how you live in box, H-Y-L-Box at gmail.com. H-Y-L- yeah, hit H- us up. Tell us them, Tell us things you want us to talk about. Tell us things that we should look into. Tell us about the things that nobody's talking about that needs a spotlight. Send, us, yeah. s- send us less than 30-second clips of music and your favorite uh, news clips of people talking about what's going on in the news that may or may not be played on the show, depending on its relevance, content, and uh, whether I dig it. Uh, ah, ah. That being said, that's H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com. H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com. It's free, just like this show. Uh, Chaz, we've made it. Thank you for boarding How You Live in Airlines. Please exit to the right. Have a good one, man. Peace. And we out. Sometimes I feel I've got to Bill watch. <laughs>